This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg on WHMP. And welcome to Talk the Talk. I am Buzz Eisenberg, and I'm so lucky to be in a studio with you. And I'm Bill Newman. With Bill Newman and with Dan Torres. And uh, to start 2024, talk about lucky. We, we have um, a person in the studio. Our guest is not only one of the most skillful craftsmen, literally, in the country, but also an incredible humorist who I've enjoyed many coffee clash conversations with talking about everything and nothing in particular. It's Silas Koff, the amazing inlaid marquetry woodmaker. Hello, Silas. Hello. Glad to be here. Welcome to uh, 2024. And we note Northampton resident and East Hampton stalwart. Silas Kopp. I My studio's in East Hampton. I'm thrilled to see what's going on down there in East Hampton. It's really good stuff. Bill, Silas is just such an incredible talent. He is an incredible talent. He's also a very lucky father. And there is news that we want to share <laughs> with you. Silas, tell us what it is. Well, about a year ago, my adult daughter decided that she would like to try marquetry, which is making inlaid pictures in wood. And I thought, okay, that's fine. i give you a lesson or two on that. And uh, she took off and... and she's a lawyer. Yes. And she has had, had an entire career. And she decided she wanted to learn from her dad at this yes. time. Wow. <laughs> so she made a couple pictures and uh, she understood the technical part quickly. And then she said, I'd like to make a piece of furniture. And uh, that gave me a little pause because the equipment's dangerous and uh, I would be really upset if she hurt herself on a table saw or something like that. So uh, she, uh, but we did uh, uh, take the time to learn how to do uh, mortise and tendon joints and dovetails and, and the like there. So she made a little table and now she is just, this has only been about a year into this process. She just completed a remarkable cabinet with a, uh, she did a marquetry picture of a pangolin, which is an endangered creature from. Say it again, pangolin. Pangolin. Uh, it's a curious mammal that has scales on it. I implore everyone to look it up. Okay. <laughs> I did a quip on that. It was almost irresistible. We'll go on. Where does it live? Where is this animal from? I think they're from South America, but I'm not 100% sure. And she created sure. a cabinet? A cabinet with a life-size pangolin that uh, the picture itself is is like a, at least two feet tall. Wow. And uh, she built the cabinet out of cherry and bird's eye maple. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and for those of you who have not seen Silas Koff's work, you owe yourself the pleasure of seeing what marquetry is and how incredibly skilled Silas is at making He's described it as a picture. These are uh, like paintings where all of the colors are wood and little pieces of wood. It's, it's an extraordinary skill, and the art is really just mind-blowing. And Silas's last name is spelled K-O-P-F. But um, it's one of those... That's not the most confusing thing about Silas. <laughs> I want to be really clear about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is one of... Uh, his work is the kind of work where you say, how did he do that? And when's the opening for... for well, my, uh, my daughter wants to do an open studio, and it's uh, this coming Sunday from 2 to 5, and it is at 84 Union Street in East Hampton. It's the old firehouse? It's the old firehouse. That's great. 
Sasha, Sasha will be there. She will definitely be there, and she'll give a demo, and uh, I'll be standing in the background proudly uh, puffing up my chest. Yes, beaming. <laughs> and will this be for sale? I haven't asked her what she wants <laughs> to do about that. I, so much for your position well, as she chief salesperson. I think she would be happy to take commissions and, uh, uh, or maybe sell this one. I, I don't know where she's going with it. Great. Well, congratulations yeah. to you and to thank answer you. her. Yeah, good. Thank you. Really. So the other half of Silas Kov, aside from being such a skillful craftsperson, is, well, I don't know how to describe it. You, your worldview is... Peculiar. Peculiar is <laughs> fill, in, fill in the blank. I got it. Our, for the New Year's, we're going to play a new game on the show, Fill in the Blank with Silas Kov. I can't wait to see a piece of furniture with his peculiar reasoning like uh, in marketry there. But uh, So what have you been thinking about in terms of 23 and 24? Well, it, w when you gave me the call and asked me if I'd like to come in and talk about the year just gone by and the, the look ahead to the year, it, it, I did spend a little time thinking about what were the important things that happened in this past year. And I, ha I have a little list of things that I thought were kind of um, pertinent to that issue. And I'm going to start with pickleball. <coughs> pickleball. <laughs> pickleball exploded this past year. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's like uh, tennis on a tiny court with paddles rather than, than strung rackets. And it makes an annoying over and over and over again. I played tennis at... Uh, yeah, by way of disclosure, you and I used to uh, follow each other or be in, yep, on yep. Uh, consecutive... Up court. there at, uh, at the Bay Road Tennis Court. And, That's right. And one day I heard this annoying noise coming from the other room. And uh, that's been the big thing is, is the pickleball courts have taken over tennis courts around the country. And uh, um, it's for old people, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You're not being all that helpful so far this year, Sasha. Well, no, but the, the good news is that my prediction is that the U.S. Open down in, in New York will be no longer tennis, but it will be pickleball. <laughs> and the top-seeded players are going to be, for the most part, over 60. So it, give, it gives senior citizens a little hope that, uh, that they can compete. So in Wimbledon, instead of strawberries and cream... <laughs> It's going to be pickles and cream. Is that what you're I saying? Guess, I guess. I, no, I, I don't know if that if that plastic ball will bounce off the grass. I, that, that's an interesting concept. We'll have to find out if eventually it sweeps into the uh, uh, Wimbledon uh, Polo and Tennis Club or whatever it's called. The Wimbledon Polo and Pickleball Club. I can, <laughs> exactly. Really. I, I, this is, okay, write that down. That's first on uh, Silas, Silas Cost predictions prediction number for 2024. One. Okay, what else you got? I got Bitcoin. Oh. And I know nothing about Bitcoin, but uh, uh, it certainly has been in the news a lot here in this past year that uh, uh, the, the guy who got uh, uh, convicted of fraud for taking people's money. I can't remember his name now, but at any rate, it was a big story. It shows you how much I pay attention. Sam, Sam Bankman Bank Freed. Bankman Freed, exactly. And uh, he's going to spend a lot of time in jail because of, uh, of, of that. And people, people have been caught up in this mania for Bitcoin. And uh, boy, it just sounds like a, the emperor has no clothes to me. I just don't Get it. And so my prediction for 2024 is... Is it, is it that you don't... I want to hear your prediction yeah. for 2024. However, is it that you don't 
understand why people are seeking another form of currency or you don't understand how Bitcoin has value? All of it. <laughs> I don't understand the value, and I, I also don't understand the, the the speculative fever. I mean, it's like tulip mania that happened in Holland back in the 17th century. And people have are presuming that this thing has value when what what is it it has value because it is a way of circumventing the inter international banking system it is a service for people who are trying to hide their transactions <laughs> well, there you go. it's what it is okay and, and not surprisingly there is big money in trying to hide money transfers and therefore they're onto something um, whether or not this makes sense Logically, you simply create these algorithms that are invented, and they are, but they are unique. And I agree; it strikes me the whole thing is nuts. But people have made and lost billions on this. You see, Silas Kopp, what I have to put up with. We were having fun, <laughs> yeah. and Bill Newman had to interject facts, destroying the moment. Right? Uh, he, he's always been a killjoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Silas. Uh, <laughs> More proof that it's not your enemies who are the problem, it's your friends. I, I do have one other thing about Bitcoin. So I, I hope the market collapses, but not likely. But I have heard that the energy consumption to run the, the, uh, the system is outrageous. I mean, here we should all be thinking carbon, and, uh, and they have whole nuclear power plants to, to try and uh, uh, run these, these machines. And uh, I don't know. That's just crazy to me. we we got to start rethinking all of this. Just give me paper to put in my wallet. It's just there so much go. more comfortable. Yeah. Well, well, don't then, ask me then, who's on which currency. <laughs> then Bill's point, uh, why does the average guy on the street here who's not involved in international criminal finance, why does he want Bitcoin? I don't get that. Because... If there's money to be made, maybe there is money to be made by participating in this craziness. I mean, a lot of people made money on tulips until the whole thing collapsed. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Again, if you ask a question, Newman's going to give you an answer. <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm going to go into Bill's wheelhouse here. We're going to talk a little bit of politics. And uh, I want to talk about the, the Republican Party and the House of Representatives and the chaos that, that they had this past year. So they got rid of McCarthy. They've got Mike Johnson now. And he, Isn't I, it astonishing that it was one year ago that those 15 votes that it took to elect? <laughs> it that was a year ago. Totally astonishing. And, uh, but here's my prediction. Mike Johnson is not long for the speakership. They're going to they're gonna have to get rid of him, too, because he's got some tough choices to make. But a careful reading of the Constitution, and I know you guys both do that, you do not have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the Speaker of the House. So my prediction is that they're going to choose George Santos to be the next Speaker of the House. <laughs> Yes, because former members are, of course, uh, fully eligible to be speaker, which is true. However, he might have to preside from a jail cell, which would be awkward. It would be, it would be awkward, but I, I'm also predicting that uh, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee of the Republican Party. And uh, Don't go out on a limb here. When, when he wants to choose a vice president, he is looking hard <laughs> at George Santos. George Santos is eligible. 
He's 35 years old. And they could have adjoining jail cells. It's perfect, really. The president needs to consult with his vice president. As long as they could arrange for that, you know, to be in the same cell block, I think the country's going to be good. Perfect. perfect. Thank you okay. so much. Okay. My, my last, not last note, my second to last note is Hunter Biden, and I don't know what to say about, speaking, speaking of people having legal troubles, I don't know where to go with that. But I, I think it... Uh, uh, well, I'm just going to watch. I don't have anything to say about Hunter in the last year. And uh, uh, I, I guess my prediction is, or my hope is that he isn't going to be railroaded into some sort of a, a jail sentence that would normally just be involved with a, a fine, paying a fine of some sort. So uh, there was famously, Silas Kopp, you ran for mayor of Northampton. <laughs> and you had, well, perhaps the most interesting platform <laughs> ever in any mayoral race in the history of this country. And you had a raging debate with one Bill Newman. So maybe you guys can relive that debate for us. Oh, my favorite political moment. <laughs> Silas Koff and I on the, well, the front, I don't know it's the front page, but it was certainly in the uh, opinion pages of the Gazette. Where should the apostrophe be? Should an apostrophe be? On Thorns's marketplace, and I maintain to this day <laughs> it's supposed it's supposed to be Thorns's T H O R N E S apostrophe S. That would be correct <laughs> under the uh, English way of using I, uh, using using those apostrophes. I would have left that up to the uh, Thorn. We can't even get an we can't even get an apo one apostrophe <laughs> exactly. in there, much as in another. That was my big problem. Not even one apostrophe. And I would have put it between the E and the S. But that would have been wrong. Or <laughs> <laughs> because there was more than because one. Because there were two brothers. Yes. yes. Or it Thorns. could have come after the S. Yes, Thornses. <laughs> or you could have what was really the appropriate way, Thornses's S apostrophe S. Well, at any rate, my campaign failed. No. Uh, people just, it, that, that issue just didn't grip the, the uh, voters of Northampton. Uh, well, you, you said it's disgraceful. That it doesn't have an apostrophe. <laughs> and I still believe that, and I would still work hard to get them to relinquish that. And I still have the bumper sticker, <laughs> COP4, F-A-U-X, mayor. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, Silas is giving us so much to look forward to. Um, and we would have so much more if you were mayor of Northampton. <laughs> so much more nonsense not to care about. We're going to continue our conversation with Silas Cop. We're talking about 24 right after this. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. It's your home for the resistance. Tom Hartman, weekdays at noon. Get informed, then get involved. I'm Tom Hartman from the Tom Hartman Program. Intelligent talk, opinion, and debate. Join me every weekday, noon to three, right here on WHMP. 1015 and 1400 WHMP. When you're going through a tough time and need to talk with a mental health care provider as soon as possible, walk into ServiceNet's clinic at 50 Pleasant Street in downtown Northampton any Wednesday between 10 and 2. We'll see you right away. Or call ServiceNet anytime to make an appointment. Talk therapy, medication management, and other specialized treatments. ServiceNet's team works together to provide the care you need all in one place. Walk in Wednesdays 10 to 2 or call anytime. I'm not sure if opposites attract, but most couples differ greatly in their views about household finances. 
I'm Frances Rayum, the Money Doctor, with Hug Your Money. Money is a very volatile topic, and most seem to either argue about it or rarely discuss it. A sort of division of labor emerges, one partner becoming the steward of household finances, the other less directly involved. This arrangement may work until a stressor is introduced, college expenses, budgeting issues, impending retirement, etc. That's when sparks can fly. Each person's perspective is quite different, and it's likely only a short-term solution if any will arise. The Hug Plan presents an easy-to-follow, long-term solution that helps get both partners on the same page, alleviating stress and inspiring them to manage their finances successfully. I'm Frances Ray, I'm the Money Doctor. We now offer advanced tools and financial coaching using our patented system, all under one umbrella. For more information and to schedule your free consultation, visit our website at hugyourmoney.com. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are back with uh, incredible craftsman uh, Silas Kopp, who is known for his woodworking, but he also is known for his uh, Nostradamus-like uh, ability to predict the future. <laughs> and here we are on January 2nd, looking forward to 24. What do you see for us? Well, I have... Th- Two other big topics that were, were giant in 2023. One was AI, artificial intelligence, unbelievable uh, changes in the world. And the other one is Taylor Swift. So I thought I would attempt to combine these two parts. And I asked my friend Bruce Blyman, who is better with a computer than I, if he could use chat GTP to write a Shakespearean sonnet about Bill and Buzz and their love of Taylor Swift. Uh oh. <laughs> so I, ha- I w- I'd like. I'd to- love to stay, but I have another appointment. <laughs> and this is going to give Era a new uh, <laughs> meeting. I I would love to read this sonnet. Oh well, I should explain what a Shakespearean sonnet is. It's three quatrains, three groups of four lines. Uh, in iambic pentameter, which is, is a beat that goes accent, unaccent, etc., through the line. And then it's, the sonnet finishes with a rhymed couplet. So here's what chat G- You're G- telling G- me that Buzz and I are a rhymed couplet. That's what this comes <laughs> yes. down to. Thanks, Silas. You're going to find out in a minute. Okay. And, and Bill, you may not object to where he puts the apostrophes. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we are. In the realms of friendship, Bill and Buzz hold sway. Their hearts attuned to Taylor's sweet refrain. A sonnet sung, a musical display. For swift the muse, their joy shall not wane. Upon the stage of life a fellowship. They share the verses of a modern bard. Taylor's songs, like notes on a love ship, bind Bill and Buzz in melodies unmarred. Through Swiftian lyrics, emotions flow. In rhyme, rhythm and rhyme, their spirits soar. A friendship blossoms, strong winds shall blow, their love for Taylor, an everlasting core. So let the chords of harmony persist in Bill and Buzz, a Swiftian tryst. (laughs) (laughs) Buzz, you have the right to remain silent. Everything you say (laughs) can and will be used against (laughs) (laughs) it. And and, and Bruce sent me a second sonnet. Oh, no. Dr. Bruce Blyman, who actually went to medical school and still came up with that. (laughs) Upon a stage where friendship's tales unfold, Bill and Buzz in camaraderie bold, their hearts entwine with melodies sweet, 
a love for Taylor Swift, a bond replete. Swift verses danced in moonlight delight, their souls entangled in the song of night. Bill, a troubadour of lyrical lore, Buzz, a minstrel who craved even more. Through sonnets of pop, their kinship grew, a serenade to Swift, both tried and true. In the realm of love, for melodies fair, Bill and Buzz found a friendship rare. So let the strings of Taylor's songs play, for Bill and Buzz in harmony sway. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, we're not supposed to be uh, left speechless, Silas. It's not just, you know, the dead air. It's just not that good fine radio. Well, let me read one more poem. <laughs> this, this Bruce wanted to generate on his own. It's an ode to Dr. Seuss. In a town not far with cheer and a lift lived two pals named Bill and Buzz. What a gift! They danced and they pranced, not a worry in sight, for Taylor Swift's tunes brought their hearts pure delight. Bill wore a hat, Buzz had a grin, their love for Swift, oh, it was no sin. They'd sing in the rain, in sunshine so bright, to Taylor's melodies, day and night. Swift's songs are magic, they make our hearts race. In her lyrics we find our happy place. Bill and Buzz, like two peas in a pod, nodding along to swift, sweet facade. So in this Seussian tale of glee, Bill and Buzz dancing in harmony. To Taylor Swift's tunes, their spirits would lift. Oh, what a joyous, swift-loving gift. What do you think, Bill? <laughs> Poet laureate Bruce Blyman. <laughs> well, does he have to credit Chat GTP? Uh, Bruce just pushed a button. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which actually, in all seriousness... This totally change totally changes our 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 education system. That if you're given an assignment to do a poem, um, how are people going to monitor this? We are eventually going to atrophy. Our brains are going to get a, to be as small as a Tyrannosaurus Rex's walnut-sized brain because we aren't going to need it anymore. We're just going to use AI. It reminded me of the cartoon I recently heard about where the Two huge dinosaurs are talking to each other. There's a huge meteor coming across uh, the sky, and one saying to the other, not a big deal, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I, I think it is an important question here that uh, we, we need to confront. Absolutely an important question. I'm, I'm still focused on the fact that it was uh, Dr. Bruce Blyman, who I have a profound respect for, it it just it just morphed a little bit in his retirement. I guess he's he's a poet laureate. <laughs> there you go. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautifully read by you, Silas. Thank you so much. Yes. So, do you have anything interesting coming up in 2024? You have any work that you'd uh, like to uh, talk to us? No, about? I'm kind of on no sort of cruise control. I mean, I I go to the shop every day and uh, cut pieces of wood, and but it's with sort of less. Uh, vigor than I once did. I go in late and get tired and go home early. And uh, don't, I don't give myself any deadlines anymore. Uh, so that's fine. Bill, tell tell us one more time about your daughter and her uh, new exhibit at your shop. Right. Okay. This is uh, this coming Sunday. My daughter, Sasha, has been uh, making furniture here for about a year. And uh, she wanted to, she's proud of a cabinet that she just made with a 
picture, a marquetry picture of a pangolin on it, and uh, and it, it, she really did a great job, and I'm I'm both proud of her, and she should be proud of it. So on Sunday, between 2 and 5 at 84 Union Street in East Hampton, we're going to have an open house, and uh, we invite the public to come by and have a look. Last question on this, Silas. How does it work for you as one of the premier artists in marquetry in the world, uh, being present when your daughter is creating this piece? Your attorney daughter. (laughs) Um, Well, it, it... uh, I'm not obviously a teacher, but I, I used to teach workshops. And so working one-on-one with her, but not really one-on-one, she would, if she had a question, she'd call me over and say, how should I proceed with this part of it? And that was as much with the furniture part as with the marketry. She really caught on to the marketry quickly <laughs> and, uh, uh, and almost, you know, just shoved me to the side there. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need you anymore. <laughs> easy come, uh, easy go. <laughs> But the furniture part, she, she made a table, a, a really simple square table, but it had some interesting technical things in it, mortise and tenons and the like there. And then she stepped up with this cabinet that had some carving on it. It has a drawer in it. It has a curved panel, et cetera. So, um, you know, each piece that she does, I hope that she uh, adds to the, the furniture vocabulary. It's so interesting to me, Silas Kopp, because I first met you, we first met, it was more than 50 years ago. Yeah, a long, long time ago. It was in Rhinebeck, New York, <laughs> yep. at a juried craft show. Uh, when I was dazzled by your work, you were probably your daughter's age. Uh, younger. That's about right. Maybe even a little bit younger. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it, I, I find yeah. it very interesting and, and just wonderful that uh, that that your craftsmanship has it might be living on. It's so yes, great. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to think that, too. Yes, so that's Sunday. Give us one more time, the location. The location is 84 Union Street in East Hampton, and the time is between 2 and 5. It sounds like a wonderful place to see some really interesting work by Sasha. Thank you so Good. much for joining us. Happy to, happy to have come, and uh, happy, happy New Year to you guys. Have a great, happy, and healthy year. Thanks. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk about the quarterly Massachusetts Review right after this. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.